Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yeah. to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Kobe. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on. Hold on. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Thank you, Trevor and Ted. That is a keys to the city. They'll be on later in the week, previewing week 17 of the NFL season and the Giants-Cowboys game. But we welcome you to Sports Talk with R and J. I am Steve Risser along with Justin D'Onofrio. And week 17 is upon us, and we have 18 out of the 32 teams still in the playoff race. I'm going to give you the playoff scenarios before we get into the games. And first, we're going to start in the AFC, where it's pretty simple for the three, te- for the three wildcard teams the Dolphins, the Ravens, and Browns. They all win. They are in. So we look first we'll look at the Dolphins, who are currently the number five seed in the AFC. They if, Obviously, if they win, they're in. They also can get in with a Ravens loss, a Browns loss, or a Colts loss. Now we will go to the Ravens, the team that beat the Giants last week. They get into the playoffs, obviously with a win, just like we said, or a Browns loss or a Colts loss. And the Browns, who had an awful loss last week at the Jets, they would get into the playoffs with a win or a loss or a Colts loss. Now, for the Colts, they're on the outside looking in at 10 and 5. They would need to win or either to, to get to get a wild card. We'll get to the division after this, but they will either need to win or have a loss from the Ravens or the Dolphins to get into the playoffs. So it's going to definitely be interesting to see what happens there. We'll now go to the number four seed in the AFC, and that's the Titans. And it's pretty simple for the Titans. If they win, they get into the playoffs. They also can clinch a playoff spot if they lose and the Colts also lose. And, and this goes back to the Colts that the, if the Colts want to win the division, they, they need to win and have the Titans lose. Now at the top of the AFC, the number one seed is clinched. The Chiefs have clinched the number one seed in the AFC. That's They have nothing to play for. They will be the number one seed in the AFC. For the number two seed, the Bills currently hold the number two seed in the AFC. And with the win over the Dolphins, they get the number two seed. Or they also get the number two seed if, if the Steelers lose as well. And I actually just asked a question. So... What if everyone wins out? Who's out? If everyone wins out, who is out? To answer your question, Hector, the Colts will be out. The Colts would be say so. Say the the Dolphins, Ravens, Browns, and Colts all win. The Colts would be on the outside looking in at eleven and five. That would be the team that would be out out of the playoffs if everyone wins. So to answer Hector's question there, the Colts would be the team that would be out of the playoffs if if everyone wins in the AFC. So uh, uh, we, we now we, we'll go back to the number two seed. The, the Bills can clinch the number two seed with a with a win or a Steelers loss. And the Steelers can clinch the, could get the could get the number two seed if they win and the Bills lose. So that's how it is in the uh, AFC. And yeah, we, we think th- th- not, not, we appreciate Hector. Yep, we're we're making sure on this show that we get all the scenarios out so everyone knows when they watch the games on Sunday what's going to happen. Now we go to the NFC, and we will start with the wild card teams. We'll start with the Rams, Bears, and Cardinals. Um, so w- w- for the for the Rams, it's pretty easy. They win and they're in. They also can get in if the Bears lose. The Cardinals, they have to win to get into the playoffs. If they lose, they are out. For the Bears, they win 
and they are in. Or if if the Cardinals lose, they would get in. So it's pretty much the Cardinals are in a must-win situation. They have to win or they're out. The Rams and Bears could the, the Rams could lose and have the Bears lose and they would still get in. And the ba- and the Bears could lose. And if the Cardinals lose, they're in. So that's that is for the wild cards in the NFC. For the uh for the top seeds in the NFC, the Packers, if they win, they would clinch home field. Also, they would be able to clinch home field if they win or in Seattle loses. So if if they if they if they lose and Seattle loses, they would clinch home field because the Packers, as we know in week three, as they beat the Saints, they would have the tiebreaker over the Saints. So they would get the number one seed if that happens. For the Saints, they would need to for them to get the number one seed, they would need to win, have the Packers lose, and this is interesting, have the Seahawks win because that would force a three-way tie between those three teams. And if the Saints, Packers, and Seahawks are in a three-way tie, uh, the Saints would be the number one seed. And for the Seahawks to be the number one seed, they would need it's pretty simple. They would need to win and they would need losses from the Packers and the Saints. And now the final scenario, and this is in the NFC East. And the NFC East is pretty simple too. If Washington obviously wins, they're in. But there is a way Washington could could uh, tie and still get in. If they if they tie and Dallas loses, Washington would get in. So they would have to win or tie. Uh, they would have to they'd have to win, obviously. They'd have to win, but if they tie, they would need Dallas to lose to the Giants. So, so, for, so for example, say Washington ties Philly and Dallas and Dallas uh, loses, Washington would win the division because they would be six nine and one, and the Giants and Cowboys would be six and ten. Um, but say uh, say Washington ties and the Cowboys win, they would not win the division because Dallas would be uh, seven seven and nine, Washington would be six nine and one, and the Giants would be six and ten. So, so now we go to see what the Cowboys need. They need to win, and they need Washington to lose or tie. And for the Giants, it's pretty simple. They need to win, and they need Washington t- to lose. Justin, you get all that? Yeah, yeah. I'm with Hector. It was very confusing. <laughs> it, it gets confusing. It does to figure everything out. Well, yeah. It does. It does. It does get a little confusing. But we're yeah. gonna st- we're gonna start in the NFC East, and before we get into all the games and everything. We got to we got to talk a little about Dwayne Haskins. I think Washington made the right move getting rid of Dwayne Haskins this week. He was absolutely terrible against the Panthers. It was I think it was a I think it was a great move by Washington. They more than likely will be starting Alex Smith this Sunday against the Eagles. So I, I really like the move by Washington getting rid of uh, Alex Smith and moving. For, you know I mean, getting rid of a Dwayne Haskins and moving forward and, uh, from him. And they pretty much moved on from him. And it's just it's been sad for him. He had the talent, but he just didn't have it mentally to to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, de- definitely. You know, it's disappointing to see because yeah, he, he had all the talent in the world, but it, it's a right, it's the right decision. Um, again, you know, he came out Sunday and you'd think he'd be ready to go, he'd have the game of his life, and he was just awful again. Um, it just looks like he wasn't, you know, again the extracurricular activities just, bother, you know, took priority number one. It felt like for him at times, so. It's definitely it's definitely sad to see because he's got all the talent in the world. He grew up cheering as a Washington fan, so got the chance to play for him. And it just, you know, didn't work out for him. So, yeah, you know, it's sad to see. Uh, yeah, we actually have a comment from uh, Brenda Hansen, and he says, uh, Hector Velasquez, they can't all win. Actually, they can't They can't all win. All the AFC teams can't all win. The Colts, can, Colts, 
uh, Browns, uh, Dolphins, and Ravens can all win because they're not playing each other. So there is a there is a very good chance that everybody can, can win their games this week. The, and 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 there's an and there could be eleven win team with seven teams making the playoffs being out of the playoffs. There's a very good chance that that could happen this week. Seeing that who, who, who some of those teams are playing too in, in the AFC. Seeing that the uh, Browns are playing the Steelers with them resting their starters. Seeing that the Colts are playing the Jaguars. Seeing that the Ravens are playing the Bengals. Seeing that oh, I met mean, in the NFC. Yeah, no, 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 good point. Yes, good point, Brenda. Yes, in the NFC East, they all can't win. What Hector was saying was earlier in the show was he was talking about the AFC playoffs. In the NFC East, good point. They they all they they all can't win. Yes, yes, because the Giants play the Cowboys. Giants play the Cowboys, and one of those teams is going to lose. And then and then obviously Washington plays the Eagles. So yes, good point, Brenda. There. So we'll we'll come back to the NFC East, and uh, we'll we'll start with the game, the one o'clock game in the NFC East, and that's between the Cowboys and the Giants this week. And that's obviously a huge game for both teams. Who would have thought? It's weird as a Giants fan being five. <laughs> the Giants being five and ten. And playing this big of a game, it's weird. It's really weird the way they played the last three weeks. They got no business playing a, a game like a game that means this much. But with the reality of the NFC East, they do. So, I mean, I think this game is going to be obviously a close, competitive game. I think on the uh, offensive side of the ball for the Giants, I think they will have a little bit of success. We have a little bit of success running the football with with Morris and Gallman. More success than they've had, you know, the, the last couple of weeks because the Cowboys' defense has struggled against the run. Uh, but I think the problem in this game for the Giants offense is going to be is the two pass rushers, you know, Alden Smith and Randy, Randy Gregory, and uh, obviously Demarcus Lawrence. I think they're going to get pressure on Daniel Jones, and I think that might that's going to lead to maybe a fumble, lead to a turnover, and lead to a short field for the Cowboys. And I think the Cowboys, their offense has played well these last couple, the last four weeks. Andy Dalton, since since that big hit against the against Washington. 13 touchdowns and th- only three interceptions. So he's starting to play well. They got, a, we know they got a lot of good receivers with Amari Cooper, uh, CD Lamb, and Michael Gallup. So I think this is a really, really close competitive game. I don't like doing this. And, I, and four weeks ago, I never thought I would even be doing this. But I'm going to go Dallas, and I'm going to go Dallas 23 20 over the Giants. But Justin, uh, we know the Giants defense. We can, can, can the Giants defense score enough points? And and keep them in the game and eliminate the Cowboys and keep their NFC East hopes alive. It's tough, you know. They have a chance. It's wacky NFC East. They definitely do have a chance. But I, I have Dallas win this one 24-17. Um, you know, I know we, you mentioned before the show, when the Eagles lost Fletcher Cox last week, that's when Dallas really got going. That put the game – turned the game around. And the way Dallas' offense is playing right now, I think they're they're going to be able to do enough. Look, I could see the Giants being able to run the ball down their throats. Then they have not been able to do that the last three weeks. Also, we talked about this before the show. The offensive line has taken a setback the last few weeks. If they can go back to where they were against Seattle, they definitely have a great shot at winning this game. Um, they gotta, you know, they gotta capitalize on any Dallas mistakes that they get. They gotta protect Daniel Jones. But I just think the way this Dallas offense is playing right now, I think they'll be able to do enough to knock off the Giants 24-17 and somehow win the division. It's crazy to think the Cowboys – because we were doing shows pretty much counting the Cowboys out a couple weeks ago. It's crazy to think that they've – They've actually started to play really good football. I mean, even on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they gave only gave up seven points to the Bengals. I mean, they've been giving up yards, but they only gave up seven points to the Bengals. Only 17 points to the Eagles. 
Uh, even in that 49er game, seven of those 33 points were on a Hail, were on a Hail Mary. Most of those points were at the end of the game, too. So their defense has played better. And, I mean, obviously Andy Dalton, I'm not a big, I'm not the biggest Andy Dalton fan, but he's been he's been hot recently. And we know in the regular season Andy Dalton can get hot and, and get a team to the playoffs. He can't win a playoff game, but he can get a team to the playoffs. He's proven that in his career with, with talent around him. Remember in Cincinnati when he had, you know, A.J. Green, Marvin Jones, Andrew Whitworth, Kevin Zeitler. When he had all that talent around him on offense, he was able to do that. He doesn't have as much talent. I mean, not on the offensive line, but at receiver, he's got a lot of – he doesn't have – I don't think as much talent – it's not as well-rounded an offense as it was in Cincinnati, but he still has a lot of talent on this offense with, with Zeke, uh, Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup. And you look at what's happened the last three weeks, they've really, really started to play, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot better football, and they're definitely in a position to win this division. Yeah, they are. It's, it's insane. You, you know, you, you said it perfectly. It's – um, I remember probably like a month ago, I'd never picked the Dallas, Dallas Cowboys to win another game this year, but yeah, I've, been, I've been wrong. It's just, yeah, Dalton's been playing a lot better. And their defense has been forcing turnovers. You know, I think they had like three or four against the Niners. Bengals, they forced three. So, yeah, their defense has been a great job of forcing turnovers and capitalizing off of them. Absolutely. And you look at the Giants side of this. As a Giants fan, obviously, it's really weird that they're that they're five and ten. And we're five and ten, and we're playing a meaningful football game. That's really weird as a Giants fan. You know, certain Giants there there are Giants fans out there that are that say, "I don't mind if we lose this game. We get we get a top ten pick." Or there's other Giant fans that are like, "We we want to win this game because we want a chance at, 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 at making a run." So, but the way it is looking for the Giants, unfortunately, that's very unlikely that if they get in at six and ten, that they would even come close to winning a playoff game. But there is a very good chance. Let's be real. There's a very good chance that this could be the first team in NFL history to finish six and ten. And go to the playoffs. Oh yeah, which is insane. And on the AFC time, AFC side, I know we talked about it. There could be a team that has eleven wins and be left out. And five more wins. It's just twenty twenty in the NFC East. You know, it's just been a wacky uh, team that's been all banged up. And then Carson Wentz still leads like the the uh, division touchdowns right now. He's yeah, like, and he's like, one, and he has the lowest one of the lowest quarterback ratings in the league. Yeah, Sixteen touchdowns. He's been out the last three weeks, and he has one of the lowest quarterback ratings in the league. Try to try to try to make sense of that. Yeah, it's just it's just been the division 2020. It's just all over the place. Absolutely, absolutely. But we're going to stay in the NFC East, and the Washington football team has a humongous game on Sunday night against the Eagles. And obviously, if they win it, they win the division. Uh, Alex Smith should be back at quarterback. Uh, I, I mean, uh, we don't know if Terry McLaurin's going to play, and that could be big because we saw what happened last week. Oh, with the Cowboys, those I mean, saw so with the Cowboys exposing those Eagles corners, especially their young corners last week. C.D. Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup, they definitely exposed those young corners of the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I think I got the Washington win in this game, twenty three seventeen, and here's why: I think that the pressure Washington puts on Jalen Hurts is going to force a turnover. So, I think they're going to get a short field or two, and I do think Alex Smith, like he like he's done, like he did before the injury, is going to manage the game. And the Washington is going to score enough points against the Eagles to pull off this win. And I do don't think Fletcher Cox is going to play. And I think that's how Washington. I don't think they're going to get a ton of yards on the ground, but they're going to be able to get enough yards on the ground to win the game. So I got Washington winning it by a score. But the question is, Justin, Jalen can Jalen Hurts have a bounce back game and end Washington season? It's gonna be tough. I have Washington surviving twenty one to twenty. Um, Week one, uh, Washington knocked off the Eagles, and they had like eight sacks that game. The offensive line's been a little bit better. Last week they weren't great, but they've been a bit better. I think the pressure that Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and the rest of the Washington front seven is going to get is really going to make it hard on Jalen Hurts to be able to 
uh, move the ball and have success offensively. He's probably gonna be running around, you know, for you know, running around all over the place, trying to avoid hits and all that. It, it's gonna be tough. They're gonna, you know, need to get some short fields, have Alex Smith, you know, turn the ball over once or twice or get a fumble. Again, even in special teams, they're they're probably gonna have to make a play or two to be able to win this game. It's gonna be tough to generate enough offense. And I got Washington winning 21 to 20. It should be interesting. I mean, let's let's give credit to Chase Young. He's been playing outstanding these last couple of weeks. Maybe the sack numbers aren't that high, but getting pressure on the quarterback, he's clearly put himself in position to win defensive rookie of the year. Oh, yeah, he definitely has. And, you know, it, he, he's just been amazing. You know, he's been everything that's advertised coming out of Ohio State. He's just he's – he's been great. And, you know, with Sweat on the other side, those two, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be tough outs in the NFC – for years to come with those two. They just got to get a quarterback, Washington. That's the biggest thing. I feel like they got the coach in place. They just need a quarterback. That's 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 going to be their big thing. That's going to be the thing that's going to hold them back if they don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's kind of the one thing. You know, Gibson's had a great year. You know, Terry McLaurin looks good. You know, yeah, that's the one thing is now the quarterback. It'll be interesting what they do with that um, this offseason in the draft. Absolutely, absolutely. But we got to get to before we get to the uh, one o'clock games that matter. We got to get we got to talk about the Pats. We got to talk about a matchup of two local teams that will not be in the playoffs. Two awful local teams. Let's be real. Two terrible local teams. I mean, if, if Belichick wasn't coaching the Patriots, this would be they'd be right. They'd be right there. They probably be, they might they might fin- they might they might finish in last if Belichick wasn't the coach of the Patriots. They might be three and thirteen or four and twelve. That's how pathetic their offense is, and it definitely showed on Monday night. That was an absolutely pathetic performance in all phases for the Patriots. The Bills completely destroyed them. They threw all over their their defense. The Patriots' defense was terrible. Cham Newton was absolutely pathetic. But, you know, the Patriots and the Jets meet up in Foxborough, and I'm taking the Jets. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Jets because, you know what, I'm going to take the team with the better quarterback. I'm going to take Sam Darnold here. I don't think Sam Darnold's going to lose. He's played well the last couple of weeks, and he's not going to lose to a, to a Patriots team that's playing this poorly and that can't score at all. So I think this is obviously going to be a low-scoring game. I think both offenses, both offenses are going to struggle. But I'm going to take the Jets to win their third straight and beat the Patriots. But the question here is, Justin – can the Pats end their three-game losing streak and finish this disastrous season with a win? Yeah, I wish, but I got the Jets 21-17. I'm taking the team that's playing better right now. Uh, this Patriots team Monday night, I thought, you know, Bills coming on a Monday night, they would love to, you know, give them all they got and, you know, try to keep it close. And that was the complete opposite of what I got. And Sam Darnold's playing better. He Sam Darnold's playing with a guy that wants to save his job and wants to stay in New York right now. Um, Cam Newton just uh, again, he can run, I would, but he cannot throw a football to save his life right now. Oh, it's I, hard, it's pathetic, it's awful. You no, know, it's just, I, I just don't, I don't get why we keep trying him out there. I just, I'm just taking the Jets. Look, the Jets should have won on Monday Night Football when they played back in what are week eight or nine? Week yeah, nine, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Patriots had no business winning that game, and yeah, yeah. I think the Jets. Are going to be able to pull it. I cannot believe I'm picking Adam Gase, the worst coach in NFL history, to knock off one of the best in Phil Belichick. But yeah, yeah. I, I just don't see them winning this game. Yes, and and per uh, Craig Carton yesterday on uh, on Carton and Roberts on WFAN, he reported that Gase is it would be obvious that Adam Gase is going to be fired, which is which is completely obvious. Yeah. And yeah, that that, that definitely that, that's pretty obvious. Uh, but the big question for the Patriots is is uh, I think. There's no way Cam Newton should start this game. Jared Stidham needs to start this game. Even though he looked awful against the Bills, there wasn't much of a sample size to evaluate there. 
I think maybe you could get some sort of sample size if you start them against against the Jets this week. Oh yeah, you you could. You know, I I said it the last few weeks. I don't think he's going to be our next franchise quarterback. But again, just let him go out there. Yeah, I just I don't see the issue of just leaving him out on the bench and just not not using him. You know, it, again, it, he can't be any worse than Canvas throwing a football. There's no way. If if he was, he would not be in the NFL. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. There's nothing to play for for the Patriots. I guess you could, you know, pride, but that's about it. But it, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know why they don't start sitting. I don't. I, I don't. Just, I don't know. I, it's just crazy that Bill will not give him a chance. I, I don't know if he's done something in practice or he doesn't like the way he didn't. I don't. I don't know. I, it's got to be something that is holding Jared sitting back because I don't get it. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree there. I, I'm, I'm very confused about that. But the big question is with these two teams, though, is because, you know, we don't we don't really like to talk about teams that are you know two and 13 and six and nine. But these are two. We're in Connecticut. And these are two teams that are in our area. So we'll talk about them. Uh, where do both these teams go from here, especially at the quarterback position? I think the Patriots is pretty obvious. They need they need a quarterback. It's either, if it's either signing you know a veteran free agent or making a trade for for, for a veteran or drafting a quarterback and for the Jets. It's starting to get a little bit difficult. It's getting a little bit more of a difficult decision now, seeing they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. And the question is, with the number two pick, do the Jets take Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, or do they stick with Sam Darnold? I'm a Sam Darnold guy, so I, got, I, got, I can't be a hypocrite and say, let's get rid of Sam Darnold. So I, I don't love keeping a quarterback after winning two or three games in a season, but this this is a this is, this is the circumstances here are, are are definitely different than a normal team. So I might be in the camp. Trade the pick, keep Sam Darnold, and obviously for the Patriots, I'm definitely saying they need they, they need a quarterback either through a trade, free agency, or draft. Yeah, um, I'll start with the Pats because I've I've heard two intriguing things this week. One, the writing on the wall is Cam is possibly coming back next year. Which Are you if kidding is, me, that cannot happen. I, that's what I'm hearing. There, that cannot a, happen. That's what I'm hearing. The the if that happens, the only offense I want to be running is a triple option. <laughs> We got you, three running backs. It's very you know, hard. Uh, and none, and oh, Brenda, oh, oh, Brenda, don't worry. Keep listening. We'll be listening. Oh, we'll yeah, be yeah, listening yeah. to the Packers. We'll be we'll be talking about that Packers Bears game. Do not yeah, worry. Right. That that's to come. Don't worry, Brenda. We yeah. we will be talking Packers Bears. We will definitely be talking about the Packers. Don't worry about it. We we oh we talk about it. We talk mm-hmm. we talk every game on here. We're even going to be talking about some of the meaningless games for like yeah. for like uh, for like two minutes. But yeah, so Brenda. Uh, keep listening. Uh, stay here. Keep listening. We'll be we'll be talking Packers Bears. Don't worry about that. And we'll spend more time on Packers Bears just for you. Yeah, yeah, we definitely will. Um, so I've I've heard that, and then I've heard QB coach. The new one could be Adam Gase because he's close with Josh McDaniels. So we could have Adam Gase next year as an honor staff. But um, I, they definitely need to go out. I don't want Cam to come back. I want to go draft somebody. Um, Zach Wilson. Um, Kyle Tratz or go out and free agency, go find somebody. I wouldn't mind like a Matthew Stafford. I wouldn't, you know, again, I I wouldn't mind the veteran. We just need some weapons. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely need a new quarterback. I don't want it to be Cam, but they, it can't again, it I, can't be Cam for them to be competitive in that division next year. It cannot no. be Cam Newton. That's the one thing that's certain. It can't be him. No, because it's not a pushover division anymore. And then on the Jet side, I agree. You know me, I haven't been a Darnold guy, but you look at what Ryan Tannehill's done with a new coaching staff with a new team. And again, if he gets a new coaching staff, maybe Sam Darnold does become um, a good quarterback. Maybe he does, you know, kind of 
is able to do what Ryan Tannehill did. So I, I think you have to stick with Darnold. And a team that we're just talking about, Washington, again, more tree cap. I think could you know maybe Washington moves up to number two and they want Justin Fields. Again, you get more draft capital. I think the second pick's better for the Jets than number one because you need more than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was not coming in here and winning 10 games next year. So the more picks for the Jets, the better, especially you get a new coaching staff. Absolutely. I completely agree. I completely agree. You need, you, need, you probably need to trade that pick, get more draft capital, get more players, build that roster around Sam Darnold, and finally see next year if Sam Darnold could be the guy if you want to pay him money. So that I, I completely agree with that. But – we got to get to the one o'clock games that matter. And we're going to stay in the AFC East with Frank's Miami Dolphins that have a humongous game. They probably are the team that has the best in, in our CMG sports game of the week, Dolphins versus the Bills. They have the best, probably the best chance of losing and being out of the playoffs, seeing the matchup that they have. And Sean McDermott hasn't announced this week if he's going to, if he's going to, re, uh, going to rest his starters or not. So, but in this game, I got the Dolphins winning it 24 21. And here's why. I think that the Dolphins are going to be able to run the football with Miles Gaskin. So I think I think they'll be able to do that. And I do think that Buffalo, they're going to sit Cole Beasley. And I think that the big matchup in this game is going to be Xavier and Howard on uh, – because the Dolphins play man coverage. They love to play man coverage. So Xavier and Howard on Stephon Diggs. I think he limits Diggs. I think they may even force a turnover from Josh Allen. So in a close – and I do think they get some pressure on Josh Allen too. So in a close competitive game, I got Miami clinching the number five seed and getting to the playoffs, beating the Bills 24 to 21. But Justin, can the Bills stay hot and knock the Dolphins out of the playoffs? I think there's a good possibility. I mean, I know Colby's not playing, but I got the Bills 27-21 at home. Again, um, I think of more of this too. Miami coming up north, freezing Buffalo. The way Josh Allen's playing right now. Him and Diggs, Xavier Howard's really going to have to try to shut down Diggs um, because right, he's just been an absolute fire. Dolphins, again, you know, probably should have lost to the Raiders last week. And, you know, they should have lost the Raiders. Probably should have lost the Raiders. Can they, you know, I just think this Bill team right now is just so red hot with Allen, with Diggs, with – I'm like, you know, I can't believe Diggs isn't getting more, um, you know, him and Allen for like more talking. I know it's late and I know they both come on pretty late here, but those two combinations, that was such a great get for the Bills. I just think the Bills are just so red hot right now. They're playing so well that at home, I think they're, and I, they love to knock off Miami here. I think they will 27 21. Yeah, you could argue right now the Bills are playing better than anybody in the AFC. So you could definitely make that argument, but I still, but you know me, I'm still taking the Chiefs over them any day of the week. Yeah. But we got another AFC matchup, and it's in the AFC North as the Steelers travel to Cleveland to face the Browns. And yesterday, the Steelers announced that they're going to start uh, Mason Rudolph over Ben Roethlisberger. I think the Steelers are definitely going to rest some starters in this game, and that's why I got the Browns winning it, uh, 24 to 13. I think the Browns get back on track this week. They get uh, Rashard Higgins and. Uh, Jarvis Landry, they're back. I think they get the running game going with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think Baker Mayfield throws a couple touchdown passes, and I think their defense gets pressure on and on uh, Mason Rudolph. And nice to see Miles My- Garrett against Mason Rudolph again. That, that'll be that'll be interesting. But yeah, I think they get pressure on uh, Mason Rudolph, and I got the Browns winning by two scores, clinching the number seven seed in the AFC. But Justin. Will Baker Mayfield have another awful game and ruin the Browns' season? 
I think he'll play better this week. You know, that that was awful again. Um, I know they got behind early last week, but I didn't like the strategy of running or throwing the ball 55 times. I felt like I know the Jets are decent. It's get stop in the run, but still they weren't winning that game throwing the ball 55 times. Um, I think, you know, we'll see how many starters the Steelers rest here. It is 2020. I could definitely see the Browns somehow just choking this game away. I do have um, the Browns win this thing 23-20. I think Steelers will keep it close. I think Baker makes a mistake or two in this game, and they'll keep the Steelers close. But, I, I you know, I, I'd be shocked if – I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be surprised if Cleveland somehow loses this game to a Steelers team that maybe without a lot of starters right now. Um, but I, I think they do enough running the ball. Um, if they, you know, look, if they could slow down Pittsburgh, like everybody has running the football. And again, they're going to probably get the, you know, have Rudolph give her the ball quickly. I think, you know, the Browns will be able to win this game 23-20. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be an interesting game between those two teams. But we'll stay in the AFC North as the Ravens travel to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. But I do have the Ravens win, even though the Bengals have been hot. Uh, I got. They were playing a Steeler team that was struggling two weeks ago at home, and they played the Texans last week, who can't stop anyone. So I got. I, I in this game, I got the Ravens twenty-seven ten, and here's why: I think the Ravens will be able to run the football down down the Bengals' throats with J.K. Dobbins and and Gus Edwards. You saw that last week against the Giants. The Giants are a pretty good run defense, and I think I think that the Bengals. I think that the Ravens do the same against the Bengals. I think that uh, Brendan Allen is going to have a lot more trouble than he had last week. Had a good game last week, but against a terrible defense. I think this defense will force a couple turnovers from Brendan Allen. And I got the Ravens clinching the number six seed, beating the Bengals 27-10. to 10. But, Justin, can the Bengals stay hot and pull off a huge upset over the Ravens? It'll be tough, but I did see this stat. The Bengals have won 12 straight games on Week 17 when they have a losing record. They haven't wow, that's an interesting stat there, yeah. I saw it this morning. They haven't lost in 1993 to the Bucs. So um, they've been able to somehow win this Week 17 game. I don't see it, though, the way the Ravens are playing. They're hot. Um, yeah, you know, they won their first road game, the Bengals, in two years down in Houston. They look good. But, again, I just I don't see them slowing down Lamar Jackson. They're going to have to get, have the game of their life. Um, they've, you know, being a couple of the struggling teams the last few weeks, but yeah, I, you know, Lamar Jackson looks a lot better and I just don't see the Bengals this week being able to slow him down. And yeah, I just, you know, I, I don't see the offense having much success this week either against this Ravens defense. I think they're, they're playing better. Ravens team. Yeah. This Ravens team starting to kind of get it going here towards the playoffs and they should be able to take care of business on the road in Cincy. They definitely should. So we're going to quickly go through some of the meaningless games in Week 17. First, though, we got we got Tom Brady and the Bucks facing the Falcons, and this is a game for the Bucks though that they they want to win because they want to clinch that number five seed so they so they could face the NFC East champion in in the first round. They'd much rather face. It's going to be a big difference between getting that five seed and that six seed. I mean, you, when you got to face the either the team that wins the NFC East or potentially you know the Seattle Seahawks, that that's a big difference. So I think that the Bucks. Obviously, obviously, Arian says he's going to play all their starters, so I think they do. Brady has another big game, and I got the Bucks winning 31-20. And for a Patriot fan, you got to be wondering why they, you know, let go of Tom Brady for a guy that can't hit a receiver in stride. Yeah, again, I I, I don't get it. Um, I saw this move come a few years ago, but I, I got Tampa 28-24, and yes, it's just been a long year, and I miss Brady. 
<laughs> you got it. You got it. It was a Patriot fan. Oh, yeah. uh, we got a NFC matchup in Detroit as the Vikings take on the Lions. I originally had the score 34-17 Vikings, but unfortunately Dalvin Cook lost his dad this week, so he won't be playing in the game. So I got the Vikings, but I just still have the Vikings winning. I got them winning it 27-17 over the Lions. Yeah, I changed my score too. At 31-24 originally, I'll go 27-21 go Minnesota to knock off the Lions. AFC West matchup in Kansas City. Mahomes is not going to play, so I got the Chargers winning. And I think Herbert looks good because the Chiefs are going to rest. I think they're going to rest all their starters. So I got the Chargers winning 31-17 over the Chiefs. Yeah, I got the Chargers 24-20. I don't know why I'm picking Anthony Lynn here. I could somehow see the Chargers blowing this game somehow, but I'll take the Chargers to beat the Chiefs. Last meaningless game, uh, Raiders at the Broncos. I'm going with the home team here. I'm going with the Broncos to beat the Raiders because I think the Raiders are falling apart. Yeah, Gron Gruden cannot close out a season. Um, and Denver Denver usually owns the Raiders at, at uh, mile high, so I'll take Denver to get the win. Now the moment we've been waiting for and the moment our listeners have been waiting for, Brenda, she's been waiting for this, as we got her Packers heading to Chicago to face the Bears, and I'm – Really excited for this game. I think this game means so much to both teams. There's so much at stake in this game. You got the Packers, they got home field at stake, and you got the Bears, they they are trying to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, this should be a really, really close competitive game because of the way the Bears' offensive are playing. I think David Montgomery has a really good game on the ground. He did it, he has since Trubisky has taken over, Montgomery has really played well. I think the big reason for that is, is the threat of the zone reader, Mitch Trubisky. So that's something the defense had to respect. When Nick Foles was there, they really didn't have to worry about him running, any zone read or any of that stuff. Now with Mitch Trubisky, you have to worry about that stuff. And now I, I think Mitch Trubisky has played well. I think David Montgomery has played well. But I do got the Packers winning 30-27. to 27. Here's why. No defense is containing Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams right now. Those guys are arguably the best combo in the league to, to Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, or Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. I think the Packer offense has a good game, too. I think Aaron Jones is a big day on the ground. I think the Packers put up 30 points. But I do think the Bears do the same thing. I think the Bears move the ball with David Montgomery. I think Trubisky has another good game. I think this is a really, really close competitive game that comes down to the end. But I got the Packers clinching home field and and uh, really crushing the Bears' playoff hopes. I got the Packers clinching home field and winning this game 30-27. to 27. But, Justin, can Trubisky and the Bears' offense stay hot, and can the defense contain Rodgers for them to clinch a playoff spot? It's going to be tough. You know, you mentioned right at the top. There's, there's just nobody out there who can contain Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. And I got the Packers 28-23 going to the Windy City and knocking off the Bears. Um the you know, it, you know, Mitchell Dixie's play, playing well. Um, David Montgomery's been running the ball well. They they've been they you know the line's been getting a bit better. It, this team's starting to gel. It's been it's a little too late though. Um, the first time we saw that Sunday night game, Rogers just lift these guys up through the air was you know it was forty one ten and the and the Packers kind of put the, their the second strings in and the Bears kind of you know made a little bit more respectable. I you know, I I think the Bears. Are gonna you know kick some field goals in this game when they you know when they're gonna need touchdowns and the Packers are gonna be able to capitalize and get six points off of them, and I think that's why I just you know it's great rivalry game week 17 to have it this meaningful is great, and I just don't see right now the Packers losing this game on the road and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Packers I think you know if they can get it going you know this, this team definitely has a shot to 
in a wide open NFC, it seems definitely one of the favorites, obviously, to get to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. You know, I've criticized them about their sense of urgency with Matt LaFleur. But yeah, when you have four, five or six teams that can win the NFC, you definitely think the Pack, you definitely have to say the Packers are, are yeah. definitely a contender with the way Aaron Rodgers has played. And for, pa- for, for this rivalry, Packers Bears, the last time this is me and this much since 2013. I remember that game when when uh, Rodgers beat uh, when Trestman's first year as the head coach. Rodgers beat Jay Cutler in that game to win the division. And then back in 2010, we'll always remember that game where Jay Cutler uh, got hurt and and the Packers beat the Bears to go go into the Super Bowl and then win the Super Bowl. So it's nice to have this game mean this much. Oh yeah, it is. You know, because yeah, it it really hasn't meant a lot the last few years. It's kind of been, you know, um, you know, the Packers have really, you know been good the last 10, you know, 10, 15 years. The Bears have kind of been very up and down. They've been, you know, um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely great to have a game this, this meaningful. Definitely can go down. Definitely could go in the history, you know, this, this um, meeting, this meeting Sunday could definitely go in the history books. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we got to get to the other huge matchup in the NFC and that's between the Rams and the Cardinals. This is a win and you're in game. But the problem is, is, both quarterbacks might not be available. We know Jared Goff's not going to be available for the Rams. We'll see what happens with uh, Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. And <laughs> Brenda, we got to – thanks, guys. Back to work for me. So, yeah, we did that for you. Yeah, Brenda, thank you for listening. Yep. Keep Continue to listen to us every week. So, Brenda, hopefully, hopefully the Packers make a nice playoff yeah. run because we'll be hearing from Brenda every week if the Packers mm-hmm. keep making a playoff run. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely be cheering for Aaron Rodgers. I'd love to see him get one more. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So we're back to the Cardinals and the Rams. But, yeah, both quarterbacks are not going to be available for either team. But Kyler Murray looks like he's – Kyler Murray looks like he has, he's got a good chance to play. Jared Goff's not going to play. And that's why I'm going to take the Cardinals in this game in a really close competitive game. I know the Cardinals have struggled against the Rams. Kyler Murray has struggled against the Rams. But I do think that the Cardinals win this close, and here's why. I just think the Rams – I know Sean McVay is an offensive guru, but I just don't think uh, without – even though Jared Goff hasn't played that well, I don't think that they're going to be able to – score enough points. And I think the Cardinals will be able to score enough points against the Rams defense. I think they're, they'll force a turnover or, or two. I think this is going to be a really close competitive game, but I got the Cardinals getting into the playoffs, beating and beating the Rams this week, 20 to 16. But Justin, with golf out, will, will McVay be able to come up with a game plan to score enough points and get them to the postseason? I think they will. Um, I got the Rams 2017. I just, you know, Cliff Kingberry, there's a reason he was fired. At yeah, Tech. that's a really good point, Justin. There's a reason he was fired. I mean, you see you see some of the losses they've had to the 49ers, to the Patriots, to the Panthers, to the Lions. Those are all teams that haven't won more than six games. He's lost to four teams that haven't won more than six games. That's with, with the quarterback he has, Kyler Murray, and the receiver they acquired in the offseason. That is flat out inexcusable. There's a, oh, yeah. I, could, I totally could see why. He's an offensive guru. But is he getting his team prepared? Is he is he leading men? That's the problem with Cliff Kingsbury. Sean McVay is a much better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. We all know that. Oh yeah, yeah. I you know I I would love to see Cliff Kingsbury being OC with anybody because that that offense, the way you teach offense and all that and runs it. Oh my God, it's 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 great. But yeah, he, he's not at He's not a head coach. You know, um, and the Rams with John Wolford, um, in big arm. Um, oh yeah, you've seen him play a couple. You've probably seen him come play a couple times. Yeah, week four. Yeah, uh, week four. He had like a big breakout year. I think it was 2017. Um, you know, I, again, I I liked him. He was going to. Wolford can throw on the run. He's pretty decent arm on the run. 
Um, and I, you know, I just, I just trust the Rams more. I think they'll be able to run. I know Arizona is probably going to try to stop the run, but I, I think LA didn't be able to do enough. And I think that defense is going to cause enough problems, Murray, because with how good that Rams D is, if they can get the Murray once or twice and really knock him out of this game, I, I think that could be a real possibility. And I like this. I think this Rams defense does enough, and I think they'll cause a turnover too. And I think they'll make it easy for John Wolford in this Rams offense to, you know, be able to, to get some short fields and be able to score some points. I just, you know, I just don't trust Cliff Kingberry in, the, in this spot to win a big game like this because he couldn't attack the sec. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I see your point there, Justin. I just, I, I'm with Hector here. I just think the quarterback. I know Jared Goff hasn't played well, and there's a very good chance the Rams can win the game with 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 Wolford as their starter. But uh, and because how because of how good McVay is and how Kingsbury is very average right now as an NFL head coach. So I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Rams won. But I'm with Hector here. I just think with the the, the difference in quarterbacks, the quarterback difference is going to be is too big, and that's why I got the Cardinals winning close. But I could see the Rams winning this game as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I I could definitely see Arizona win this game just because you know they they got right now the more healthier quarterback. You know how much, who knows? But yeah, I, you know with you know especially with the Rams, how bad offensively they were last week. I know a lot of that was golf. Um, and with the weapons they had, you know, and again, yeah, if the Rams turn the ball over two three times, I could see Arizona putting up 24, 27 points on them, and, and win this game by you know two scores as much. So. Yeah, you definitely see Arizona winning. I just McVay hasn't lost the Cardinals yet, and I, I don't see him losing to Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a close one. It should, should be very interesting on uh, on Sunday on Sunday afternoon what happens there. But we got another NFC game, an NFC South matchup in Carolina, and this is a big game for the Saints. The Saints are trying to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But if they can just win this game, they probably win the number two seed in the NFC. And I think they'll win this game pretty handedly. I do. I like what Matt Rule's done in Carolina this year. I think he's got this team competing. It's a young team. But I got the Saints winning 27-13 because I think Kamara does has a big game on the ground. I think Spree's good, throws a touchdown pass to Michael Thomas. And on defense, they get pressure on Teddy Bridgewater, and they, and they stop Carolina's running game. So I got the Saints winning it by two scores. But, Justin, uh, despite their record, the Panthers have been competitive all year. Can they continue this and pull the upset over the Saints? I think they have a chance. It's going to be tough, but again, they've been the, the Panthers have been competitive in pretty much every game this year, um, and I, I think they will this week if they can slow down Kamara um, just a bit here and put some pressure. They can get some pressure on Breeze. Teddy played great the last time um, down in New Orleans. He would love to knock him off here, and you know. Again, make them like a three seed or knock them off of having a chance of that number one seed. He would love to do that. Breeze had a great game the first time around. I, I think he's going to play well. Um, but I, I think the Rams are going to give it their all. I think they're going to come out. I know no McCaffrey, but they could not run the ball the first game. I think they only had like 30 rushing yards. If they yeah, came. I think so, yeah. They established that this time around just a bit. I think they, they can keep it a close. It was a close game the first time around. I think it was um, – what was the first game? Uh, it was 27-24. 27-24. I think the the, uh, the 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 Panthers had the ball at the end, and they just and I think Bridgewater took a really bad sack to knock them out of field goal range. Yeah, I believe you're right on that. Yeah, so um, yeah, I could see the Panthers having the ball with a chance to win it, and just maybe you know just not being able to get down the field fast enough or a turnover. So 
I think the Saints do hold on and, and win this game, but I think Carolina plays hard and, and keeps it close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you like Matt Rule. You think they do. I just think there's just too much to play for, and Saints are the more, much more talented team. But I do like the season Matt Rule has had in Carolina. I think he's starting to change a culture there. And I think once they can get a quarterback, I think with their young defense and, and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, I think things are going to are going to get better for the Panthers. But we got to move on to another NFC game, and it's an NFC West matchup in Arizona. That's where that's where the 49ers are finishing their season playing in Arizona. And uh, uh, I could just put a comment. Alvin Kamara had 148 total yards in the first meeting. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. That's why I think Kamara has a really big game in that meeting. I saw that Joe. Uh, took him as on, on tonight on John about the G man. We always do our fantasy lock. Joe took him as one of his fantasy locks, and I think he's gonna have a big week. He's gonna be right about that. I definitely think he is. We write about Kamara there, but we got to get to the Seahawks and the Niners. And I think that uh, this game, I think, I think yes, the Niners pulled an upset last week, but I think Seattle's defense is starting to play. They're starting to really, they've been really improved these last couple of weeks. Getting Jamal Adams, getting Carlos Dunlap. I think that continues this week. I think they contain the Niners' run game. I think that uh, I think that you know they force a turnover or two from C.J. Beathard, and I think for the for the uh, for the for the Seahawks, I think Russell Wilson throws a couple touchdown passes. And I think the Seahawks win it by two scores. You got the Seahawks winning twenty-seven to sixteen. But the question is here: Will the Niners keep their momentum going and ruin and ruin and ruin any chance of the Seahawks getting the top seed? I think there's a chance. I think Seattle's gonna win this game twenty-seven twenty. I think the Niners keep it close. That's just the way they like it. Um, you know, I Hector. T.J. Beathard, yeah, he yeah, played well last week. Yeah, he, he did. He did. Oh, yeah, he did a great job managing the game last week against yeah. Arizona. I think Beathard did really well. I think the connection between him and George Kittle is really good too, because yeah. he made George. If Niners, the Niners were five and nine, completely, totally uh, having no chance shot at making the playoffs. He made uh, George Kittle play last week, and uh, yeah, Beathard, yeah, they they really Beathard did a really good job managing the game last week against Arizona. The issue this week though is Seattle definitely has a better run defense than than Arizona, so I think they're going to be able to contain. That that uh, that running game and that's going to force Beathard to turn the ball over a couple times. So that's why I got Seattle winning the game by ten. But Justin, go back to your point there. Yeah, um, actually, just one more about Beathard and Kittle because um, they were college teammates too at Iowa, so they they've known each other for a while. Oh, for years. I remember on the broadcast they said they've known each other since like 2012. Yeah, so you know that you know like that that really benefits both of those guys um, greatly. But yeah, you know I I think Seattle um, will be able to do enough. In this game, I think Russell Wilson plays well enough. And yeah, this is a totally different team. Jay says I lost in fantasy because I didn't know Kittle was coming back. Yeah, that that that, that definitely surprised yeah. some people last week. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I I was too surprised that he was coming back. I thought he was done for the year, but yeah, I I think Seattle will do enough with Wilson. This is um, and I I you know I think in a big game like this, yeah, we'll be able to come out, pull it out. Yes, yeah, so your defense I think getting a bit better. They played. I know, you know, Jared Goff's very up and down, but I, I they did a tremendous job last week of really stopping, slowing those guys down. I think, you know, the Niners are – it's going to be a challenge to the Niners. I think they'll put up some points. I think they'll keep it close and competitive. But I just I, – I see Seattle finding a way to pull this game out and Russell playing well, you know, having a big day and a big spot here and pulling out the win. We'll wrap up in the AFC South, and we'll start with the Titans and the Texans. And as we saw last week, the Texans have been playing terrible defensively, but they got a passionate uh, post-game rant from J.J. Watt. That was that was that was crazy. J.J. Watt was very passionate during that post-game rant. But I got the Titans winning at thirty-four twenty-three because I think the rant could help, but 
it's hard, I mean, but they just don't have the talent to stop a player like Derrick Henry in a game the Titans must win. Remember what Derrick Henry did last year in a must-win game in Houston? He went off on the Texans. I think he does the same thing this game. I think Derrick Henry goes for at least 150 yards. I think Ryan Tannehill throws a couple touchdown passes. I think Deshaun Watson will do all he can to keep the Texans in the game, but I got the Titans clinching the AFC South and the number four seed in the AFC and winning the game 34 to 23. But Justin, uh, will JJ Watts' emotional post game rant spark the Texans to an upset over the Titans? Yeah, I, I would. I want to pick the tight Texans. I would look, but again, you need 22 guys in the field um, to be able to win this game, and I just don't know how. You would hope Texans come out motivated. I just don't see it. Um, they see Hector just put it up there. Yeah, the Texans are 31st. 31st in run defense. And I think Derrick Henry could get could, oh, yeah. could, 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 could act could, that could be possible. He can get 223 yards and get 2,000 rushing yards in, in, in this game. I, th- I think after the game, I think he can get to that. I think that's possible. I definitely, yeah. Definitely, you know, he's going to be aiming for that too. So, he, yeah, on the Texans, you're going to need five, six guys to be able to tackle this guy. And the Texans just will not be able to stop him. I think Watson will put up some points because we've seen the Tex. I mean, the Titans D is not is not great either. So I, the, you know, but he's not a hundred percent. Sounds like sounds like he's banged up at this point. So I think they'll put up some points. I just there's just no way they're stopping Derrick Henry in this offense. It it could be a very very long day. Texans run defense. Not at all. Not at all. So the last game of the last game is between the. Uh, Jags and the Colts. And in this game, I think the Colts win this one big. I think it's going to be uh, – Jonathan Taylor's going to have a huge day on the ground. I think Philip Rivers will have a good day through the air. James Robinson isn't playing, so I don't think the Jaguars – the Jags offense is going to do much. And I got the Colts winning this one big 31-10 to 10 over the Jags. But the question is, Justin, the Jags beat the Colts in week one for their only win. Can they do it again and end the Colts' season? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I get the Colts thirty to fourteen. Um, you know the Colts is. Yeah, I think we might have lost. Are you, you back, Justin? Yeah, I'm back. Um, I will. Indy's not going to throw the ball fifty-five times like this meeting, which goes. Um, yeah, it looks Brown. like. Uh, without you know James Robinson, this game. I just think the Jaguars aren't going to be able to do much. He's had such a, you know, most yards for undrafted agent rookie. So I think Phil River does all he can do. He's playing better, and the Colts will take care of Brady against Jacksonville, thirty to fourteen. Yeah, and I think that the look, but the way it's looking for me, the way I pre- I predicted all these games, and I think the, the way I predicted it though, when we look at the AFC playoff picture, the way I predicted, it, I got the Titans winning, I have the Dolphins winning, I got the Ravens winning, and I got the Browns winning. So it looks like for me. The Colts will be the team for me on the outside looking in at eleven and five, but for you, it looks like it's going to be the Dolphins at ten and six. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the Dolphins losing, um, and you yeah, got yeah. then you got you got everyone else winning, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so I, looks, I got the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like the Dolphins will be your team on the on the outside looking in. The Colts will be my team on the outside looking in, and it's crazy. We could end week seventeen with a team that misses the playoffs in the AFC at eleven at eleven and five. And have a team in the NFC, a team win the NFC East at six and ten. That's so twenty twenty to me. Yeah, right. Because I think the last one that have eleven wins missed the playoffs was the Pats back in 08. Pats in two thousand eight. The two thousand eight. The last time the Pats missed the playoffs, they went eleven and five and missed the playoffs. Yes, you're correct. 
Yeah, crazy. 17, and you trying to get rid of that, and here we go. The here we go, teams, yeah. And even the 10-win team's going to miss it. And those are, you know, if one of these teams lose a – Oh, yeah. They'll definitely be a 10-win team that misses it. We know that for sure. A 10-6 and six team will miss it, but the, here's a fun fact. Uh, Carolina was the last team – yes, the 2001 Panthers won their opening game against the Vikings that year in 01, and they lost 15 straight. Jacksonville could definitely be the next because they won their opening game as a Colts. Great fact, Hector. That, that definitely is a fun fact. Yeah, it's a fun fact. Yeah, I remember that. Chris Winkie actually started. Chris Winkie, you remember the Heisman Trophy winner from Florida State? Yeah. He was their starter uh, in that one win. Wow. And for, for that season, Chris Winkie was their starter. Chris <laughs> Winkie, but wow. Yeah, I did not know that. But yeah, yeah. That definitely looks like the Jags right there. That one of yeah. those teams looked like yeah. a promising start. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens in week 17. It should be really interesting to see what happens, and de- we'll definitely be back next week previewing the wild card round. But we got to get to the college football playoff, and uh, that starts this 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 uh, on uh, New Year's Day, the first game between uh, Notre Dame and Alabama. Uh, this is, I mean, obviously, Notre Dame in another big game. Uh, obviously, we, but, but I think we've seen this movie before with Notre Dame. We've seen it. We've seen it in 2012 in the, in the, in the national championship game when they got crushed to Alabama. We saw it in 2018 when they when they got crushed to Clemson in the semifinal. We saw it a couple of weeks ago when they got crushed to Clemson in the ACC championship. And I think I think it's gonna I think you know the drought's gonna continue for Notre Dame. I think Alabama's gonna win this game. I think I know Notre Dame's defense is really good, but I think Alabama's offense is 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 too good. I think they're gonna be able to run the ball with Najee Harris. I think Mac Jones is gonna throw two or three touchdown passes. I think uh, Devontae Smith is gonna have a touchdown pass or two. And I think on the other side of the ball, I think. Uh, Alabama's book might make some plays. Kieran Williams might have some yards on the ground, but not enough. And I think book will, book will have a turnover or two. And I got uh, Alabama going to another national championship game. I got Alabama beating Notre Dame 41-17. to But my first question is for you, Justin. What is the key to a Notre Dame upset in this game? So my keys in this one is – Slow being able to somehow just slow down the Alabama offense enough. You're not going to shut down the three headed monster. We've never seen a uh, three guys of Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith just dominate and be in the Heisman conversation this late in the year. Um, Book needs to have the game of his life. He cannot turn it over. He's going to have to keep up with Bama. He's going to have to put up some numbers. Um, they can't win this game 24 to 21. He's going to have to at least put up about high 20s, low 30s, probably even more, you know, probably mid 30s. He's going to have to score some points. He's going to have to play well. And whatever mistakes Alabama gives you, whatever, you know, um, you know, whatever Alabama mistakes they make, you have to capitalize. We saw Clemson do that, give that, you know, a couple times early in that game for Notre Dame a few weeks ago against Clemson. They could not capitalize early, and it ended up really hurting Notre Dame. Um, they have to be able to capitalize off of North or Alabama's mistakes if they have any chance to win this game. Um, you know, again, they got to be able to, um, that, that on offensive defense side of the ball on the line, the line of scrimmage, both those guys, you know, the, the line of scrimmage, they got to play well on both sides. Um, they got to get some pressure on Mac Jones. He's not much of a, he can, he's not a big runner. So if they can get some pressure on him and, and make him, throw some, you know, if he can throw a pick or two, definitely would help him out. But again, they, you know, again, they, they, you know, again, it's, it's a big uphill climb for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the most intriguing matchup in this game? I think it's going to be Jeremiah 
I'm probably I may botch his name. The line, linebacker Jeremiah. I'm most yeah. He's, he's a good line. He was, he was, a, he was an All American, right? Yeah, first team All American, right? Yeah. Yeah, he won the um Buckets Award for top linebacker of the year. He's going to be a first round pick, um, coming up in April. It's going to be him versus Najee Harris because if he can get in that backfield quick enough and slow down Harris and, and be able just to again wrap him up and, and have a couple of just come finish the job. Um, if he can slow down that, they have a chance. They they have a good chance. If he can't, and if the Alabama offensive line's getting that second level and he's getting blocked, Najee Harris could go for 100, 150 yards in this game. He's you know he's got to um he's got to do everything he can to slow down Najee Harris and try to take away that running game of Alabama. Yeah, if they can't contain Najee Harris, there's there's no chance they can win the game. That's the that's the key. They have to contain Najee Harris. That's the biggest key in the game. And if we, we got a comment from Hector. Love my Irish. However, Alabama is just too strong. We need yeah. the luck of the Irish. Justin is correct. Slow down part of the uh, unholy trinity. Is that uh, is that like uh what's what what's that mean? Is that like the uh, offense for Alabama or? Uh yeah, I think that yeah. yeah 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 so yeah I mean it's that yeah it's gonna be a brutal game and lastly we gotta say what's your prediction for the game? Yeah, I got I got Alabama forty one to twenty one. Um, I think they're gonna keep it close for a while. I just I just you know there's just no you know this Alabama offense is averaging forty nine points per game. I just I don't think there's a defense out there that's slowing down and obviously I don't, I don't think Nordane's gonna be able to do enough to contain them and. Alabama should be able to move on in the national championship game once again. Yeah, it looks like it's just just too tough of a matchup for Notre Dame in this spot. Alabama's just, I think, the more I don't think they have. Obviously, I think Lawrence Lawrence is the best quarterback in the country, but Alabama is just the the most well rounded team in the country. Oh yeah, this is I I I know I mentioned on all four downloads. I don't know if I mentioned the show. It's again, it's like the first time we've seen three three players on one team ever be considered for the in the, like the final five of the Heisman. This just just never happened before. It's just these three guys are ridiculous. We've never seen anything like it. And yeah, I just I don't know how you slow those three guys down in one game. It's yeah. pretty impossible. Yeah, because you even look at some of Alabama's, you know, national championship teams, they didn't have great quarterbacks. I mean, and on the team in 09, it was Greg McElroy. Team in 2000, the teams in 11 and 12 it was AJ McCarron. And the team in uh uh the team in 2015, it was Jacob Coker, right? The team that Derrick Henry ran all over. Uh there's Jacob Coker, and uh, and even even Jalen Hurts at the beginning was not great in his freshman or sophomore year. Obviously, Tua in 2000 in in, in uh, 2018 was really good, but the problem was Bama's defense wasn't this good. Mm-hmm. This is definitely this might be the most well-rounded team Nick Saban's ever had. Even though the defense yeah. is probably obviously not as good with the rules and with the rules in football now, just defensive play is just not as especially in college football, your offense is more important than your defense. And back in the early days of saving, the defense was more important than the offense. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It, it, you know, it definitely because with all the freshmen that Alabama had at the beginning, you, you know, there there was times where it kind of they looked we you know, there there was a big weakness on that defense. But yeah, now it's Again, just what Nick Saban does, this team has definitely developed on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's definitely not his best defense he's had, but yeah, this is this is definitely his best offense. And you said it, you know, the offense matters so much more nowadays than the defense does in college football. And, you know, he's been able to change that and, you know, change the, you know, change, change the style to be able to have an offense to be able to compete at this level. And yeah, this, this offense is just fun to watch unless you're, Teams going up against it. Exactly, exactly. 
we got to get to the second game, second semifinal game. It's a rematch of last year's uh, semifinal game and a rematch of the 2016 uh, college semifinal game. As we got and Clemson won both of those. We got Clemson against Ohio State, and I think Clemson does it again. So they beat Ohio State in the semifinals for the third time in five years. I think that obviously Etienne will have a big game on the ground. I think Lawrence will have a big game through the air. I think the Clemson will score over 30 points, and I think you know Ohio State will hang in there early with Justin Fields. But I think the pressure on Fields is going to force a turnover. I don't think the Ohio State will have anywhere near, near the success running the ball as they did against Northwestern. And I got Clemson and Alabama playing for the national championship for the fourth time in six years. As I got Clemson beating Ohio State 30, 34 to 20. But Justin, what is the key to an Ohio State upset? My keys are Justin Fields. Ohio State needs to protect Justin Fields. And when Justin Fields is under pressure – he needs to make good decisions with the football. Um, again, we've seen it. He's, you know, he, he's made terrible throws. It's he's just a, he's a deer in headlights at times when he's under pressure. He's got to be good. He's got to, re- you know, again, just get rid of the ball or just take a sack in a situation where you can. He's got to be able to do that um, again because his offensive line is not as good as it was last year, and we and we've seen it. Um, also, this secondary has to show up. I know it's been banged up. I know they do have Sean Wade though, but yeah, the rest of the secondary is not good with outside of him though. Yeah, outside of that, it's it's young. Um, I believe Malik Hooker's going to play their top safety. I believe he is going to be in the game. Is that uh, is that the guy in the Colts? Is that his brother? Um, I think so. I'm not 100 sure, but I think he, I think they are. But I'm not 100 sure on that. Um. But I know they're they're like Ohio State's ranked 105th this year in pass defense. So they they you know against Trevor Lawrence, that's tough to um, you know that again they, you you got to be a lot better in that area if you have any chance of slowing down Trevor Lawrence in this offense. And the last thing is um, actually two more. I actually play a full 60 minutes for Ohio State. We you know we saw him play really really well in the second half. It took them the first 30 minutes last week to count or few weeks ago in Northwestern to get it going. We really, besides that Michigan State game, we have not seen Ohio State play a full 60 minutes of football. If you have any chance to beat Clemson, you got to play a full 60 minutes. you got to show up. And then the last thing is, too, really for Ohio State, they have nothing to lose. And I know it's Ohio State, but everybody's doubting them. Um, again, they, you know, there's no pressure on Ohio State in this game. Everybody thinks Clemson's going to blow them out, and, and this is not going to be a fun game. To, you know, this is going to be a blowout. Just, you know, just go out here and just play loose. I think Ohio State keeps this, you know, again, I, I think Ohio State will keep the close in this game. Um, but, yeah, just play a full 60 minutes. and Because this was a great game last year. You know, Ohio State had a chance to beat them. I was hoping this was going to be like the national championship rematch before the season. Um, I wanted this rematch, but, you know, we'll get in semifinals. Yeah, we go. Yeah, we probably thought before the season we might get in the national championship game because we didn't think Matt Jones was going to be this good. But now that Matt Jones is playing the way he's playing, he's playing almost close to the. He might be even playing arguably better than Justin Fields. Uh, now, now we know. Now we know that Alabama is is probably better than both because they're all around team and the way Matt Jones has played. Mm-hmm. But uh, leads me to my second question: What's the most intriguing matchup in this game? I think it'll be Amari Rogers versus Sean Wade. That's, gonna, uh, that's what I was going to say. That's going to be an interesting yeah. one. It will. You know, Sean Wade, I know we talked about him a few minutes ago, but remember this, you know, when he got the targeting called last year against him, that, that whole game flipped flipped to Clemson. Yeah, because um, Ohio State was up like 16 nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they were dominating that game for the most part, and all of a sudden, losing them hurt. I know Dobbins not being 100%. Um, 
in that game hurt Ohio State too. But um, he's got to have a big game. He's got to slow down Amari Rodgers. Um, again, I you know Clemson's got so many guys that could step up. But if you can slow down this one and make somebody else beat you, you have a better shot instead of um, Rodgers going off and really wrecking you. Because um, Cornell Powell has been a guy I didn't you know who who's really probably been one of the um, uh, most improved players in the country. I feel like he's like second on the team receiving yards. But if you slow down Rodgers and make somebody else, you know, win this game, Ohio State does have a better chance, and, and, you know, than if Rodgers goes off or, and has 150 yards receiving or, you know, somewhere around there. So John Wade's got to play well in Amari Rodgers and shut him down. So what is your score prediction? I got Clemson 34 to 28. I think the Buckeyes keep it close. Ooh. I think everything Dabo's saying is, is just motivation for Ohio State ranking. Them so, all, so all this hate in our group about Ohio State that, that, that they're exaggerating on that. that. That's not totally true, right? Again, I think if Ohio State plays a full 60, I think this is a pretty good team. I, I do think this could be a top four team in the country. I know we haven't seen it, but yeah, I you know I just said it. I thought this team, you know, before the season, I thought this team could make a run back to the national championship game. So I you know. I had Clemson win the whole thing. I thought with Fields coming back, I think if this team puts it together and Fields plays like we think Justin Fields should play, I, I think Ohio State keeps this thing close. Again, with this line only be a touchdown, Vegas knows something. And, again, uh, you know, I, I think the Buckeyes come out, play a great game. I, I think they keep it close, but just not enough to knock off the Clemson Tigers. All righty, so we'll go to some of the other bowl games. We'll start with tonight in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, we got Oklahoma and Florida. And for me in this game, I think the dip, big difference is going to be is with with uh, Grimes and Pitts out. Kyle Trask is going to have a lot of problems. And I I because we saw in the LSU game, he had some problems without without uh, Pitts being there. And I got Oklahoma winning it. I got him winning it by two scores. But the question is, with Pitts and Grimes out, can Trask leave Florida to the upset? It's going to be tough. This is a very good Oklahoma defense because the top receiver tonight for the Gators is going to be the Penn State transfer, Justin Shorter. It'll be the yeah, yeah. number one yeah. weapon. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, again, Oklahoma's defense played really well. I like the, the way they played that first uh, three quarters against Iowa State a few weeks ago. I think, you know, we, we've seen how bad Florida defense is. I think Spencer Rattler is going to make some big plays. I think he's going to have a big night against this Florida defense. I just, they're just too much right now for Florida. They can't run the ball either. And Oklahoma has been – Oklahoma is second in the country in stopping the run. I, I, I don't think Florida's going to be able to run the ball against the Oklahoma defense. I think it could be a potentially a long night for Florida. Trash will make some plays because um, he will make a couple plays to keep this in close. But I got OU win this one 35-24. We got the Peach Bowl, and Georgia's going to be playing a home game against Cincinnati. And I think that's really going to help them. That's And listen, I, I you know you want to call me a Cincinnati hater, that's fine. And nobody's going to like me because I'm taking the Bulldogs. I'm going with the Bulldogs by 10 over Cincinnati, but Justin, can Cincy stay undefeated and beat an SEC team? Oh, yeah, I got Cincy. Yeah, I got, knocking them off, 20-24. Georgia's uh, missing at least four NFL prospects to get ready for the draft. Uh, again, JT Daniels has done a great job of elevating this offense, but again, the three teams he's beaten are Mississippi State, average defense, South Carolina, awful defense, Missouri, awful defense. I'm not trying to take anything away from JT Daniels because he was good at USC too. I'm not trying to take anything away away from him, but 
I just again this I think the Cincinnati defense is the best in the country. I really do believe that. I know you could say what you want against that Tulsa game. Um, but it, they had a month off. I, I think Cincinnati's ready to come out and prove it to the world. We've seen Georgia not show up at times to this game either. We've Baylor last year, they they you know, Baylor hung around with them. The Texas game where again I, I fell for the uh we're back slogan, you know, saying by Sam Ellinger. You know, we we we've seen Georgia not, you know show up at times so you know for a game like this i i think cincinnati knocks them off as long as desmond ritter plays well enough doesn't make the mistakes just manages the game i i think cincinnati knocks them off i think luke fickle's got him fired up ready to go and i can't you know i i don't want to pick against cincinnati we got the outback ball another big 10 sec you got another no we got a big 10 sec matchup in the outback bowls we got auburn and uh, northwestern and uh i think in this game uh I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Northwestern's defense is going to force a couple of Bonics turnovers, and that's going to be the difference. And I got Northwestern winning the close. But here's a question: Can Bonics have a big game for Auburn to pull the upset? It's going to be tough. You know, this we've seen Bonics really struggle in good good defenses, and I think that's going to be an issue on um, Friday afternoon. I got Northwestern twenty-one to seventeen being able to win this game. Auburn's going through the tradition. You know, transition of a new coach. Um, Kevin Steele is going to be the intern for this game. Um, their D coordinator. I think you know, as I think for both these teams, it's going to be what quarterback makes the less mistakes. Peyton Ramsey or Bo Nix, and I think Bo Nix is going to make a couple more than Peyton Ramsey. Um, again, Auburn wants that running game, and I don't think they're going to be able to have much of a running game at Northwestern. I know Ohio State ran all over them. But in gas zone, but I don't think this is going to happen this time around on Friday. And then um, also for Northwestern, their D coordinator, Mike Hanswitz, who's, I believe, been like a defensive coordinator in college for like 44 years or something, retiring after this game. You know, they would love to, you know, um, end his career with a win for, you know, so I think, I think Northwestern does enough and gets the 121 to 17. Got the Fiesta Bowl with Oregon, the Pac-12 champ, facing Iowa State. And I think this is a close competitive game, but I think Hall on the ground is going to be too much for Oregon. And I think uh, Iowa State wins this in a close one. But can Oregon contain Hall and finish their season with two big wins? It's, you know, another one, it's, it's going to be tough. And just watching the matchup last night between a Big 12, or Pac-12, um, a Big 12 game, um, Colorado, I thought was the second best team in the Pac-12, just got absolutely bull raced by Texas last night. Um, so I, I feel less confident in Oregon now, just by what I saw last night. I, I think Iowa State's going to be able to win this game. I got them like 34 to 27. This is the third time Prudy, Brock Prudy and Tyler Show will face off. They met twice in high school. They're both from Arizona. Um, Prudy won both matchups, 65 to 63 and 63 to 60. So I don't think it'd be that high scoring. Um, I, I think it'll be close. I think Oregon's going to struggle at times. Kevon Thibodeau is going to have to play the game of his life to slow down this um, Reese Hall. Iowa State's OC called him the best defensive end in the country. He's probably wow, he's going to be probably a top five pick next year. Oh, definitely. He, he definitely will. Whoever um, wants him, yeah, a year from now. Um, if he can kind of wreck this game, slow him down, Oregon's got a chance. I just – I don't see I, – I, I, you know, Oregon's run defense has been better since Jamar Jefferson ran ran all over him a few weeks ago against in the Oregon, Oregon State game. 
But I, I think Brees Hall and this Iowa State Cyclones team, I like what Matt Campbell's done with Iowa State. Um, I don't think they've ever, you know, they've never been in a bowl game this big before. I think they get, they take care of business and knock off Oregon. We got the Orange Bowl between Texas A&M and North Carolina. North Carolina is playing really well. Two teams that are red hot right now. Two teams that you can arguably say might be, you know, could, could if they played in that, you know, game against Alabama, maybe they give Alabama a game. But you know, UNC lost too many games early in the year, and A&M lost. A, got blown out by uh, Alabama early in the year. But I think in this game, it's fun. It's high scoring. But I do think that Texas A&M wins a close, high scoring game over North Carolina. But the question is, is can Sam Howell keep up with Texas A&M and win the Orange Bowl? It's going to be tough. Um, so North Carolina is going to be missing their top wide receiver, Damon Brown. And then um, I believe both running backs are going to be out of this game too for him. Um, Michael Carter or uh, Michael Carter and Devontae Williams. So that, that's really going to hurt North Carolina in this game, I feel like. And Texas A&M's defense – has been really, really good. Um, they've been one of the best. Pretty, you know, this team played a lot better since that Alabama beatdown. Kellen Mond, if he can just, you know, do what he does and manage the game, make good throws. Um, Again, I think they're like 11 and 0 when he, when their running back Isaiah Spiller goes over for 100 yards. So if they get that running game going, which they should be able to do against North Carolina, um, they should be able to take care of business in this game. Um, and the Aggies have been, but I am interested, you know, Elijah Green, the freshman running back, he's got only like 10 career carries against, you know, this Texas A&M, um, rush defense that's third in the country. So can he do enough? But I'm interested to see how Sam Howell does against this great Texas A&M defense that, you know, that should be fun to watch. See if he's able to do enough in this game, um, to knock off the Aggies. Both coaches know each other very well from the old, you know, Texas, Texas A&M, or, no, yeah, yeah. Or no, what am I saying? Well, oh, wait, no, what am I? Jimbo, no. <laughs> Jimbo wasn't there at that. He was at Florida State. Yeah, those days. yeah, um, yeah that was my bad. Um, but, you know, both these toes, I mean, no, you know, um, have been in big games like this before. And I think, you know, Texas A&M does enough to win this game. I got the Aggies 34 to 24. It should be an interesting couple of days of college football, you know, with the college football playoff. Then we got, you know, we got a couple a couple of New Year's Day games before that. And then we got, you know, two two New Year's Six games on Saturday. So it should be a really good couple of days of college football. But we're going to shift over to baseball. But before that, here's a promo from Baseball with the Bard. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Thank you, Tyler and Noah. Obviously, baseball with the Bard every Sunday, 11 o'clock. And they should have a show this week because we got big news in baseball as the Padres trade for Blake Snell and you, Darvish. And I mean, I thought my take on this is I think these are big trades, even though I think Zach, they traded Zach Davies to the Cubs. So they lose a starter there. But, you know, with Snell, with Darvish, with Clevenger, I think that's a that's a really good, you know, top three in the rotation. And you know their offense. I mean, you got probably outside of Mike Trout, the, uh, the pretty much the face of baseball with uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. You got Manny Machado. You got Eric Hosmer in that lineup. So that lineup's really good, too. And so I think the Padres right now are, in, are definitely a top three team in the National League. I think you put them top three in the NL with with the uh, with the with the Braves, with the with the Dodgers. They're 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 definitely a top three team 
right they're they're right there and i think got a lot of excitement coming to san diego i think for a city where this is their only pro sports team there's a ton of excitement there but here's the one question and we'll, and we'll look at this more first on the Rays side as a raise this is a big this is a really big loss for the Rays. they've lost blake snell now they've lost charlie morton in this rotation so their rotation is very thin so you would think that they're not going to be the favorite in the American League or even the favorite in the AL East. We all know who that's going to be. That's going to be the Yankees. Because even though we don't know what's happening with DJ LeMayu yet, we know that's going to be the Yankees. They're, they're going to be the favorite you know, there, seeing what's happened with the Rays this offseason. But the question is, and this is first with the AL East, with Stell out of the AL East, outside of the Yankees, which team's chances improves to win that division? I'm going to go with the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I thought about Boston, too, because I think they're going to be better next year, the core coming back. But I think Toronto, if they can improve their pitching, um, you know, if they they can get another couple guys behind Hinge and Rue. There was a playoff team last year. Again, we know their lineup and the young talent that they have with Calvin Biggio, Vlad Guerrero, Bovichette. They have the talent. And now, you know, with the Rays kind of taking a step back here with losing um, a couple of big pieces in the rotation, I think it's, it's Toronto that could really um, – be second or third in this division and be able and yeah Hector brought they just lost Jose Albert Al, yeah yeah Alberto too from from the Rays too so yeah they've lost a lot the Rays have lost so much from they've lost a lot from that World Series team last year I mean I do think they'll be competitive because yeah. you know Kevin Cash he's a, one of the top managers in the game so they'll be competitive they'll be around I mean the Rays will be around you know it, you know 83 to 87 wins but the problem is they're not the best they're probably with all these losses not the best team in the division yeah yeah, no, they won't be. Yeah, they, they'll be right around 500, I believe. Um, but I, I believe Toronto could definitely take that step forward now if, with Tampa taking the step back here with all the young, promising guys that they have. It, here, it, I guess, you know, you call it year three. It's like year two and a half. But really now in year three, I, I think this that young core that they have could really take a step forward and, you know, Maybe you know compete in that AL East this year. Oh, I expect they they were in the playoffs last year. I expect them to compete in the AL East with 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 Rue at the top of the rotation. You got obviously Guerrero, uh, BGO, uh, Bachet, and then you obviously got don't forget about Uriel and uh, Hernandez too. So they got a they got a they're got a pretty good they're gonna have a pretty good offense. I think that offense is gonna be top ten and run scored this year. And I think their pitching is gonna be pretty good as well. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, mean, I know the Yankees are the, gonna be the favorite, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Toronto getting back to the playoffs. No, it wouldn't drive me to get one of the wild card bids. I, you know, um, you know, it, yeah, like it, that pitching because that pitching staff so young behind Rue. You know, if they can get Nate Pearson get going and Anthony Kay, um, and a couple of those younger guys that they have down in the farm system, I, I definitely do think Toronto's going to compete because of their lineup. They're going to be able to score runs. It's going to be when guys step up and are they going to be able to? Uh, guys, you'll be going to get enough outs to be able to. Um, you know, getting the elite. But yeah, I, I definitely think this this is a wild card team. And here's another question. Outside of the Yankees, which chances to win the which team's chances in the AL improves because of this trade? Outside of anybody in the AL East. Um outside of the AL East. Um you know I may I'm you know I I I would maybe go like the Indians a team where in the AL Central where the White Sox are looking good and the twins are looking good. To get one of those wild card spots, I know, um, you know, the Indian rotations would be really, really good again. You know, if they if they can get enough hitting, I think you know the the Indians could definitely be able to steal one of those spots. Um, again, who I don't know what's going to happen with Lindor. 
Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah there's so many unknowns in this offseason. Because yeah. the offseason's been another – it's another just really, really slow offseason we've been kind of used to in baseball the last yeah. three years. Yeah, unfortunately, it, it has been slow. So I don't know what's going on there with that. But I, I think with that – still with that rotation with Bieber at the top and, and Carrasco and Fleezak, I, I think the Indians are going to be able to shut down teams. It's going to be can that lineup step up. And can they score not a lot of runs? And Terry Francona should be back next year as well as a manager. And he's one of the best in baseball. So I, I think this Indian team could definitely now get a wild card spot in the AL now with Tampa kind of you know taking these steps back here. And here's the big question because obviously, you know, they get Darvish, they get Snell. Where are the Padres? I think they're a top three team in the National League, but are they the best team in the National League? Are they better than the Braves, in your opinion? Are, and are they better than the, uh, the, the the defending champions, the Dodgers? I think they're a bit better than the Braves. I just, you know, um, I, I'll take them number two ahead of the Braves. Why I have them second is I don't think they have the depth that the Dodgers do. And I think in the outfield, too, I know Trent Grisham looks like he's going to be the real deal. Um, but after that, they have Will Myers, who, again, is aging. He's not great anymore. Um, and then it's going to be, you know, Jay Cronsworth looked good. He had a good rookie year, but what does he do now? 162 games. Uh, Josh Naylor looks like a decent bat that they have. Um, but And then the catcher spot. I know they have Victor Carantino, but he's a good backup. Can he be a good everyday guy for him? I mean, you know, as we know with Gary Sanchez being considered the best catcher in baseball, you don't need to get much, you know, offense out of the catcher position. I guess I guess, I guess you don't. Um, but, still, you know, I, I I guess not. But with the Dodgers having Will Smith, who's been a pretty decent pitcher, um, catcher as well. Um, but I, I think rotation-wise, they're going to be match-up um, one through five with the Dodgers. So when they get Clevenger back in 2022 – I think that's you know they they definitely have they um they definitely be able to match up with the, with the Dodgers. I think right now they're second. I just think the Dodgers just have a little bit more depth in them, and I think the Dodgers have to prove a little bit more in the outfield um, to be able to compete with the Dodgers. But again, they'll be right there. And again, it wouldn't shock me if they win this division next year. No, it, it wouldn't shock me either at, at all. And the thing is, is how bad of an offseason has it been for the Cubs? Theo's now gone, and now you lose your Darvish. It's, it seems like the Cubs have really fallen off since that 2015 championship. Yeah, it's been it's been a tough go. Um, you know, it, it definitely has since that team well won it again, again because they've had playoff teams. They just they haven't been able to to win much. It's you know, again, I think Cubs have been fans have kind of been. Um, kind of saw some of this coming. The U Darvish one is interesting because it's he still got three years in control, but I get they own um, they want the money. It sounds like you know they may be moving on from it. Sounds like the Nationals are trying to get Chris Bryant right now, too. So losing him would yeah be another tough blow to these Cubs fans. But yeah, this is a team that NL Central right now, it's it's pretty much wide open right now. It's anybody's yeah, it's game. Totally right? wide open. There's no one, there's no one any there's no one really that good. That's the thing. There's no one yeah. any good. There's no really great team. There's no elite team. You look at the you look at the East. You got you got the Braves. You look at the West. Now you got the Padres and the Dodgers. But the Central, you got no one. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess if you're the Cubs, this is, you know. With that being said, I guess this is maybe the time to start reading to them because there's not that great team, and it's a, you maybe win this division winning 85 games. So, you know, there, I guess you you know as a Cub fan you could look at that point of view. But yeah, it's difficult. You know the 
to lose, you know, this core, because I know they wanted more out of this core, um, this core group that they had to win more than one championship. But again, they, they got rid of that curse that they had. But um, I know it's been a little disappointing for Cubs fans. Was it more? Absolutely. You know, they got a couple NLCS appearances, but really only one World Series appearance and one championship. I think they were expecting at least two, maybe even three, when this core was together and put together in 2014 and 2015. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But then you, you could think about it too. Look, the Yankees haven't been there since 09. So, no, no, know, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Yankees, as the Yankee fan, I expected them to at least be in a World Series, at least not maybe not win a World Series, but at least win a World Series by now. Yeah. If you would, yeah, you would hope for Yankee fans. It's been 11 years. So, yeah. Um, Definitely, you know, so I, you, you look at because they've been better than, than the Yankees the last decade. So, um, yeah, for Cubs, definitely, they definitely wanted more. It just, you know, they couldn't put another run together. It's tough to win a world, you know, it's only five teams get in. It's it's tough to win in October baseball, but yeah, you know, Cubs fans want a little bit more than, than they've gotten. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, and and this Padre Dodger rivalry, it'll be a lot of fun now. It'll be a lot of fun, you know. They're close to each other. They both they've all got they both got superstars. So it's gonna be a lot of fun watching the Padres and Dodgers over the next, you know, five to ten years. Oh yeah, it's great. You know, it's it's great in the West to see another team now stepping up because it's always, you know, since I've really watched baseball, it's mostly been the Dodgers or uh, Giants, and now the Giants are rebuilding. So yeah, it's great to see like a team like the Padres now. Um bringing on this you know, taking on the Dodgers in the NL West. It, it will definitely be a fun rivalry. You know, we saw it last year in the postseason. So, you know, and I don't think that would be the last postseason matchup. So, yeah, you know, this this should be a really, really fun rivalry for years to come. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R and J. For our producer, did a great job, Jace Garcia Justin and Justin D'Afrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week, next, next week at the beginning of the new year, our first broadcast in 2021. Pre, uh, talking, previewing all the NFL six NFL playoff games and the national championship game. So we hope you guys have a happy new year and talk to you next week. It's finally here. It's the college football playoff. Joe Aguirre, Jace Garcia, Sean Scanlon, and myself will get you caught up with the news in college football. Plus, a review of the New Year's Six Bowl games, predict the Heisman winner, and a special invite to our Capital One Bowl Mania Challenge. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. It's All Four Downs Podcast presented by the CMG Sports Network.